Skibbler? Scabbler. Scabbler. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the state-of-the-art Scabbler. So, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to? Brett. Oh, it's me first. Um, I finished the workbench last night. I did all the filming for it and uh, put it in the workshop, loaded it up with tools. It's simple execution, but I love that it has a flip top and expands. Easy peasy. Uh, Should be a fun little build video. I'm going to try and edit it today. So hopefully by the time this podcast goes out, it will be online and viewable. Um, Yeah. Beyond that, um, we did a huge uh, like triage on the container house because it was sold. And also the new owners, I think, moved in the other day or at least took over the, the property. Oh, wow. So all four of us uh, here at the Maker Ranch went out and just got everything picked up that we possibly could. Mike got the bus running and rolling again, which is... Nice. It's super cool, and I hadn't seen it. I actually, uh, as many times as I've been out to the container home, um, I hadn't stepped into the bus and seen his progress. And man, he's he's really doing a great job with that thing. I mean, considering it's a giant old school bus that he's converting and what that would feel like to make into a livable space. I, I sat on the little uh, sofa that he made the other day, and I was like, wow, this... I mean, it feels like a tiny home. You can see all the way back into the uh, the bedroom area, but it he did a brilliant job. And, and none of the tiles in the bathroom fell when he drove it, which was a huge um, it was a huge milestone to know that he could drive it and not everything would just fall off the walls. So <laughs> that was really fun. Um, we've got more cleanup and organizing and stuff to do uh, now that we've taking all the material off the container home. Um, I think beyond that, it's just uh, editing and moving forward with uh, more stuff on the ship shop. I still haven't got my, my laundry list from the assessor of, of what's to, you know, what's to happen with the forged home stuff going forward. But uh, I think over the last few days, I've gotten just, something's becoming a little bit more real in my head or I'm just getting a little bit more excited to, to get started doing all that stuff. Um, projects and, and just doing like a uh, planning and layouts and yeah, little sketchups in my notebook. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Honestly, finishing the workbench was, <laughs> was <laughs> a, a really weird feeling like getting it in place last night and I go, Hey, that's not the most complicated thing I've ever done. But I think I gained uh, like eight more inches in space on the interior of the ship shop. And it felt really good just to be like, I don't know why this makes so much of a difference, but look, everything's there. <laughs> it's great. Brilliant. This is a good nice. feeling. Yeah. Small victories, eh? Mm, indeed. Yeah. Um, cool. That sounds like a, a, a good, positive, happy, wonderful week. Al, what about you? Is everything good, positive, wonderful, and happy with you? Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been 
trying to bust out the um the the table build and get that finished um my plan was to finish it this weekend it's now sunday evening so i'm pushing it a little bit but then i remembered it's a bank holiday monday so it's technically a long weekend hey. so um, i'm likely yeah. going to finish it tomorrow um the i'm on the state of literally literally finishing as in putting on finish onto the top so a bit that what that means is that i literally can't go into the shack anymore mm. um and and for the past sort of two two days, it's, that's been the case because it's like put on a coat, leave it to cure for eight hours, put on another coat, leave it to cure for eight hours, and you can't go in making dust and shit. Um, and I certainly can't be climbing around on top of the table. So I've had to bite the bullet and move a load of shit in the house. So all the tools and stuff are in the house now. So I'm like laying out um, mortise and tenons and stuff on the on the table in the living room. So it's just the whole place is just <laughs> completely covered in like wood shavings and stuff. Um, yeah, but I'm making really good progress. Uh, everything's cut, everything's dimensioned. Um, I'm just laying out the joinery now. Hopefully, we'll be finished tomorrow. Um, and then just a case of working out like logistics of how to deliver this table. Um, yeah. Again. Yeah, how are you going to deliver? That? So I've I've worked out. I think I'm going to hire a van, but yeah. the problem with that is when you hire a van, they they kind of say you get you get this type of van. So they yeah. give you they give you like um, a, a Ford Transit. So it's like you hire a Ford yeah. Transit or similar because they they'll have they'll have three different vans maybe in the in the fleet in the range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a limit. We'll talk like call back to last week. There's a limit of the size of van that I can drive on my license. Yeah. And the type of van and long wheelbase that will hold this table. So I need like a five meter wheelbase. Um, is that the, there's different classifications of van. And no matter what the brand, they're all quite similar. Um, and it's like an L5 basically is what I need. Because that means, I think I'm assuming that just means five meter. Like, um, um, go on, Steve. Uh, would you not be able to get like a, a Luton van? They're sh- they're and... shorter. They're actually shorter inside. Yeah, but put it up um, on the uh, diagonal so it goes up above the cab. Spoiler um... alert! So what I've had to do <laughs> <laughs> is let him basically, finish. Is basically get all the dimensions of all these vans and then work out the interior space and work out how I can put the table in on an angle, <laughs> which which is fine for just yeah. the top. But then that that leaves a a fucking Pythagoras of space yeah. for the rest of the table. So I'm Shit. having to work backwards from how much space I've got left in the van to what I can assemble and what I can glue up and what I have to leave in parts <laughs> and take down. To... Fuck me. And I'm having to like literally research all these different fucking models of van because depending on where the like the interior yeah. like um, wheel arches are and stuff, that dictates where I can put the table. And like the Luton van, depending on whether it's a high roof yeah, it, you know, and they, they're all different. And so even like the same model Luton van can have a different size cabin and stuff. So I've spent a fucking inordinate amount of time researching different brands of fucking van, depending on which hire company has which van. The funniest part about this is that I feel like you may have talked about this before when you moved from Amsterdam. I did exactly that when I moved from Amsterdam, <laughs> but that was limited by the length of the van I was allowed to take on the ferry. Mm. Uh, not so much about how much I could fit in. How much I could fit in was fine, and I, I got there eventually. I, I used Google SketchUp 
to kind of work out the volume and, and put it in. Yeah. But that was how long, literally how long is the van because you couldn't have over five meters on the ferry. Otherwise it was like a heavy goods vehicle. Yeah. So I think I've got there. Um, the only thing is it's got a, like a knock on effect in terms of what I can assemble yeah. and what I need to take down and assemble on site. Yeah. Um, is there any chance you'd be able to like uh, get, I suppose you don't really know if they're going to have um, any kind of roof rack or anything, but I was thinking like get one that's got a roof rack mm. and put the top on top and strap it down. I really don't want the stresses. Yeah. Because depending on where the braces are on the roof rack, I don't want the yeah. table being under, under unnecessary, and especially on the motorway, like, you know, oh, you've got, yeah, you got yeah. wind to deal with and stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I do like working this sort of shit out, but it just takes yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, and then I've also got to pick stuff up, like a couple of sheets, because um, the where it's getting assembled is all gravel. Yeah. So I don't want to put the top down on the gravel. So I've got a couple of sheets of OSB, put it down, lay it down, flip it over. You want to get a, uh, a fucking glass pane, like, oh, fuck. Gla- oh, glazer? yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like a glazer's van. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. you can just put it on the side. That's a good show. And then the table goes slots in the middle because it's yeah. like a triangle. It'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> now you just need to find a, a, a glazier company that will let you borrow a van. <laughs> Let's you rent their vans. <laughs> um, what kind of wood is it? Glass. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, lots of working out um, and at the same time trying to build this thing while I'm fucking at work um, still all the time. Nice. So we're getting there. Cool. Um, yeah, I also had no idea that it was a bank holiday this weekend. Um, it, it kind of doesn't really matter, does it? No, <laughs> it doesn't really affect me. <laughs> um, Unless you want to go to the shop tomorrow. Yeah, uh, it sounds like, again, it's quite a uh, a good productive sort of week. Um, I approve. Well done. Uh, what have you been up What have I been up to, you ask? Um, you had a day I... off. What have I done this week? I've uh, we've had a, another busy, busy week at work. Um, everything's back on track. We've we've had some. Um, uh, I don't want to say changes. We're not we, we're not making changes. We've we've taken on uh, another Smith. Um, so as well as Charlie, we've now got a new guy that is starting on Tuesday. Um, I've not met him yet. Um, but the idea is that uh, this guy is going to be coming on doing uh, basically working directly under Joe, just being a production smith. Um, like that is all he's going to be doing, just knocking out like pan handles and stuff like that, which means that I can do more of the, uh, or I, you know, there's actually pans that I can then assemble and, and all of that. Pandles. Um, pandles. Do you know what? I actually managed to convince Al to say pandles the other day because uh, <laughs> we kept saying panhandles. I was like, you mean pandles? And uh, then he had a go at me because obviously we uh, refer to Dan as dandles. And, um, and they was like, well, yeah, I think when, when we get Jimmy in, I think the first thing we're getting making is pandles. I mean, fuck, uh, panhandles. Mm, there you go. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be in doing um, that sort of stuff, which is going to alleviate... Uh, some of the stress that Joe is under. Um, it's also going to mean that I uh, can take not, not really a step back from production, but I'm. it allows me to be working on other things. So mm-hmm. there's some um, more of the kind of back end and business growth 
stuff um, mm-hmm. that I'm going to be helping Al out with. Um, lots of like spreadsheets and setting up Trello boards and shit like that. Um, but just basically helping us keep an eye on everything that we're doing and make it all actually function and work. Um, mm-hmm. Which is good. Uh so as well as doing all that, I've been having to do a load of research into all these new things that I've um, uh, I've not worked on before, uh, which is interesting. Um, it's a lot of good fun. Uh, and I spent most of uh, yesterday morning doing a load of research into um, some, some new things and, and writing down all these lists of things that we need to work on and things we need to do. Um, but then uh, my sister came over. I cooked a lovely lunch for me and Jazz, uh, and then my sister came over uh, because we haven't really seen her since lockdown started, and the idea was she was going to come over because she hasn't got the kids this weekend, so she was going to come over, have um, a few drinks here, have a a nice, civilised, chilled-out night, and I went to bed at half six this morning. Um, It was fucking great fun, so I've had three hours sleep, um, and I feel surprisingly good, which means that either I'm still pissed or, uh, tomorrow I am going to absolutely die. So tomorrow is going to be good fun. Um, but again, tomorrow is going to be a, a, another good day. I'm doing half a day of production and then starting to work on all the new things. Um, uh, I'm going to have a sit down with Al and talk about the new stuff. Um, and there's a mix of stuff that I'm going to be doing uh but there's some other things that i want to let's say do a bit more research into and all that and that just means that i'm going to be using some new tools um which segues beautifully into uh our subject so um in the uh what's it called the facebook group um one of the guys i think alex chapman i'm going to double check that in a minute because i closed the tab by mistake um but he was talking about uh, the fact that he's uh, been drawing um using a tablet and stylus um and allowing himself to uh, be a bit more creative with that and a lot of his creative endeavors are coming out of his head and you know he's got this new tool now that allows him to expand on that um so we were just going to do a little bit of a riff about um tools that are kind of outside of our normal. actually talk about tools chris will be fucking ecstatic i know right <laughs> um tools uh outside of our normal remit um that do something that perhaps we don't normally do so for example for me maybe a bit more woodworking stuff or whatever um weirdly enough one of the ones that i actually really want to uh start using is i was talking to some guys uh last week about the fact that i really actually want um i'm not going to afford it because ridiculous money but the uh the ipad pro um with the stylus and being able mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. all of the drawing capabilities of that like it's a phenomenal piece of kit and for me i've i have a big problem where i can't draw very well um so i need to constantly erase stuff so if i'm, if I'm doing it the traditional way with a pen and paper pencil and paper it just ends up being this weird smudgy mess because i'm bad at it um and also I struggle with words, um, which is great as a podcast host because it's, uh, it's exactly what you want to not be able to talk <laughs> and not be able to articulate ideas. Um, but 
if I have a design in my head, I find I, I have a real um, difficulty being able to uh, describe it fully and show people what I mean. Um, and then if I try drawing it, it looks like a five-year-old's drawn it. So it's um, it's an avenue that I really want to explore and I really want to um, do more with that. Um, and I was just wondering if you guys have any like unusual tools or uh, tools outside of your your norm that perhaps you might like to one day explore. Yeah, I mean the the tablet one is a great example. So um, Brett, when you when you very kindly sent me the uh, the tablet, it was something that I was kind of intimidated by. That's what that's why I'd never got myself one, um, and the cost as well. But the when that arrived, Steve, I, I'm in the similar boat to you in in terms of sketching. I am very messy when I when I draw, um, both in terms of the actual execution, but also like smudging my fucking hands all over the place and like I've always <laughs> yeah. just got messy, dirty hands. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard for me to kind of delicately, you know, draw beautiful, crisp, clean lines on white paper, um, yeah. and I just end up rub- rubbing fucking everything out, and it just ends up being a mess. Um, which is fine if you if you kind of you're after like a, a messy scruffy kind mm-hmm. of drawing, which is normally my style. Um, but when I'm trying to do something maybe clean or something a little bit more graphic, this this um, this tablet suddenly just opened a whole new like realm of possibility mm. for me. Um, the the one that that you got me, Brett, has a couple of buttons on the stylus as well, and you can program those buttons to whatever you want. And one of them I just programmed to to like undo. Yeah. So. You, you you do a line, and if it's if you messed up, you just click you just click the button. It's right next to mm. your finger, and you you just constantly like drawing a line, erasing it, drawing a line until you get the perfect line. Mm. <clears throat> and I thought, oh, this is you know this is like a, a a cheat kind of way of doing it, and and you know it means you don't commit. But then when you watch things like Drawfee and the guys who use these tablets all day every day, you see that's what they're doing. They're, they're, yeah. they're creating an arc just undoing it doing it again it's a really yeah. beautiful way of, of kind of getting into a rhythm yeah. um so these tools just unlocked like a, a totally new way of drawing for me um it meant that I, it didn't matter where my hand was you know i wasn't worried about smudging the thing i'd just drawn to the right so mm-hmm. it was always like having to draw from left to right mm-hmm. which yeah. kind of also limits you in terms of like how you literally are laying out your, your stuff <laughs> fucking literally laying out your page um Suddenly now I can draw upside down. You can rotate it. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's a whole new world, dude. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think like one of the things that I I really struggle with as well. I've got a really nice um, sketch pad um, that I keep in in my bag at all times, and I I use it quite a lot just for like rough sketch and things like that. But like you said, I not only do I struggle drawing from light to right, re- uh, left to right, or whichever way around it is, hmm. but I um. I struggle with like the scale of stuff and where it's going to fit on the paper and the amount of times that I've started drawing something and then got three quarters of the way through it and gone, Oh fuck. Now I'm running out of paper. And I could like the Jimmy thing. Just stick I was going to say, yeah, the Jimmy thing of (laughs) getting a bit of paper on, but yeah, if if it's all in a pad, then I can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, So yeah, having the ability to kind of zoom in and out and, and get in nice and close and do those details is, is really like exciting for me. Mm. I think, the really interesting aspect of um, working digital versus the traditional tools and methods of drawing, like it fascinates me because I, I went through art school where you're, you know, you're 
you're taught to make the right line the first time you put it down on the paper or, or like that's what sure. you're striving for is yeah. to uh mark making you know it's just referred to as this very simplistic you know mark making being better at your mark making um and you'll watch you know i would watch professors of mine um draw a circle and i think we talked about this before uh with like a working at Disney as an animator. Yeah, you have to be able to draw like a perfect circle freehand. And for a while there, I think it it was that uh, purist mindset that we've talked about a lot before where, you know, the CNC versus the hand carved stuff. For a while, I was convinced that anybody that was drawing stuff digitally was somehow either cheating the system or it wasn't as good as someone who could paint with brushes or, or draw yeah. with a pencil. But then it became exactly what you were talking about, Steve. Half the time, I would get frustrated drawing or working on my artwork during school because I wanted to be able to just zoom in a little bit more or yeah. rotate the yeah. paper yeah. without taking the entire pad off of the easel, you know, and trying to <laughs> yeah. turn it upside down. And it just became this, like, these are just solutions. These are just tools that have been developed for me to achieve the goal that I'm looking for. Now, being able to undo and have that non-committal undo step I love watching that on Drawfee because you'll you'll notice that at the end of the day, it's still about making the correct mark. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. You want this perfect art for the for the nose or for the lips or something like that. And when you don't make it right the first time, yes, you're just undoing it because it's digital, but there's still that groove that you will eventually find. And if you exactly. watch something like Drawfee, you'll see in the first two to three minutes of them starting a drawing, there's a lot more undoing. And then as it, it's like, as they get into that groove, there's way less of that going on. So it allows you to not get in your own way, which is something we talk about constantly. And, you know, nine times out of 10, when you're working with traditional materials, like we had to teach ourselves how to not make a heavy mark because the more times you have to go back and erase or the harder you have to push to make a darker line to be like, that's the line I <laughs> want. The line, yeah. Yeah. You start ruining the paper itself. So yeah. we had to, we had to learn how to make very light marks just to like tell our brain that's where it goes. And even if you have to erase it, you can just barely, barely press with the eraser just to get rid yeah. of it, you know? And now knowing that you can do all these things digital, yes, I still think there's something to be said about like the textures that can be developed with charcoal on like a really nappy fibered paper. But think about what we do and how <clears throat> this constant getting in your own way or slowing the process down. It's like being able to work digital is just solving a lot of problems. If all you're trying to do is draw a mock-up of the workbench or or, or the you know, the table that you're working on now. I'm not going to sit and draw out a bunch of schematics for the interior of a truck so I can figure out if I can fit a table in it. <laughs> the idea that I could draw a three-dimensional box in Illustrator and just go, right, these are my dimensions. What is everything to scale? Yeah. The fact that working with a computer helps you, um, you know, drawing drawing to scale or if you've ever seen anybody draw like architectural drawings by hand and knowing that, you know, this mark is, is meant to be one meter, like doesn't make any fucking sense to me, especially when you've got <laughs> programs like CAD where you just go, I need it to be a foot tall. Now everything is in scale. I, I love the digital aspect of things. I think 
from a creativity standpoint, I do appreciate that I can draw or that I spend enough of my life getting good at drawing and sketching. But man, for so much of what we do nowadays, the, the digital aspect or Steve, if you really get into this, this tablet or digital drawing stuff, I think it's going to open up a huge uh, set of tools for you to use to be able to like yeah. design your blacksmithing projects or better workout processes because you're going to be able to very quickly copy and paste an axe head 50 times and then just make a few modifications to come up yeah. with what is the design you're actually looking for. You don't have to redraw it every single time. Yeah, yeah. I think just just on that on that point before we move on the 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 analogy between this kind of ability to to undo and go back and getting that rhythm, Brett, like you're saying, it it reminds me of like striking a, a hammer and, and and the little kind of the beat on the anvil, you know, keeping that rhythm going, and you mm. can you can move the metal, you can bring it back, you can you can nudge it a little bit, flip it over, nudge it back. I think this idea of getting the the perfect stroke the first time otherwise you're not a good artist like i understand what they mean and it comes with years of practice and being a master but like it it takes away the fun it takes away the yeah the the sort of visceral involvement with the material so like with all this woodworking i'm doing like you don't just cut the exact amount of wood off you want in one <laughs> go yeah you take shavings you take one you get closer and closer to your line you know, yeah. you, you cut it off with a rough tool first, then you cut it off with a slightly less rough tool, then you come in and finish it. You know, you, you, you're creeping up on the thing that you want. And I think also it's like you decide whether or not it's what you wanted. Like mm. what you thought in your head might not actually be the case when you put it down and you make that straight. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that it was the wrong line that I put down. It was that when I put it down, I was like, ah, you know what, that doesn't look right. I'm going yeah. to try it again. So I, I love that idea of... Just, just it being this living thing, so you're not committed. Yeah, I mean, like, because the way that I I look at, uh, especially this in particular, like, I I don't want to be an artist. I don't want to get uh, a tablet and stylus so that I can be drawing perfect, beautiful, wonderful pictures. I want to use it as a tool to transcribe ideas from my head mm. to something that I can show other people. It's still going to be essentially rough sketches. It's just rough sketches that I can edit without, like Brett said, without completely destroying that bit of paper that I've got it on. Um, it's not about uh, being really, really good at sketching and drawing. It's about overcoming obstacles that are in the way that don't allow me to show this stuff off um, mm. or like show off the, the ideas that are in my head. Um, like I've I've done it with plasticine before, where I've <laughs> gone. Oh, I can't I can't describe what it, I I mean. So hang on, just give me two minutes. Yeah, and made something out of plasticine because I can then show you. Um, and it's essentially that. It just means not having plasticine in my bag all the time, sort of thing. <laughs> um, you can get like it, sheets it, of plasticine and like bind <laughs> them into. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's just that that uh, idea of having something that that works for me and for how I work and what my flow is like being able to just quickly sketch it out because I can't quickly sketch out on a bit of paper, being able to sketch it out on a screen just means that I can show it. If it was something that I was like, actually, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Then I might go, you know what? This is worth actually then transcribing onto paper and doing it properly. Um, and whether that was a case of doing it as a, as a hand drawing and or doing like watercolors like Jeff does, or whether it's, 
um, doing something up on CAD and creating a beautifully wonderful detailed drawing, let's like someone like Jamie does, like, and then printing that out or having that as a three D model. It, it to me the the tablet and stylus is just it's it's a way that I can sketch ideas. That's what I want it for. Mm-hmm. I like that you bring that up though, Steve, because. Um, I think very often when it comes to the traditional materials, we're, we're meant to believe that whatever's on that sheet of paper has to be, you know, artistically driven or like it needs yeah. to be a finished piece, you know, or maybe it's just maybe it's just my perception that people don't really sit and doodle as much as I'd like to see, you know, in terms of just like sketching out ideas and then just going, you know what, that's not right, you know, and re-sketching and re-sketching and re-sketching. That committal aspect that that Al was talking about a minute ago, like parchment is not this handmade, you know, insanely expensive stuff. Like back in the day, these these old artists would run through parchment that would take like... There's one ten, sheet in the village! Yeah, tens of hours to create and they would not get their drawing right and be like, it's okay, I'm an artist, you know, toss it aside. Yeah. You go get a book for, you know, a couple quid and smash through it. Like I, I had a friend, Brian, that I may have talked about before on this podcast, but Brian has now become a very successful uh, character designer artist for a video game company. And I I keep him in my head so much when it comes to sketching because that human being, as delightfully quirky as he was, never, never, I'm going to double negative this, never didn't have a sketchbook on him. <laughs> and yeah. he was always drawing. And I would watch him do, I mean, at one point by the end of college, we like went over to his apartment and saw his sketchbook collection from the four years that we were in school. Mm. (laughs) It was like dozens and dozens of these sketchbooks. (laughs) And there were pages, this is what I'm getting at, there were pages and pages where he would become, not obsessed, but it was like, I'm trying to draw this character's face. I didn't like the first drawing. And it's not like he just kept erasing, erasing, erasing until he got it. He would just stop working on that one and then right next to it, start drawing the same face again. And then once he got a feel for that, he would start turning the face, you know, like in space would start going, all right, here's a three quarter. Okay, here's a face straight on all these things and would start doing these, uh, you know, these pages of just multi I don't know, multi-angular drawings of the same thing until he felt mm. like he grasped it. And there would be, you know, four or five, six pages full of these drawings of the same face <laughs> because he never got it right. Like he just always wanted to keep exploring that thing. And yeah. instead of erasing it, he just kept moving on. Now what we do with the digital aspect of stuff is you can effectively just end with one drawing and be like, yeah, I, I erased it a shit ton of times, but I eventually got there. So the idea that we're uh Oh, we bring up this. We're precious. We're precious about the one drawing on the piece of paper. I don't see people doing a lot of these like multi drawings when it comes to them sketching on paper. But when it comes to digital, like it's one file. Yeah. And the the thing about the artist that I know or, the, or Brian specifically is an example. Brian does the same shit digitally. It's just on a new <laughs> yeah. layer every time. So he, he, yeah. he just he'll draw the face and they go not quite right. 
you know, and in Photoshop, you just eyeball and turn that layer yeah. off and then he just draws right on top of it. So he'll have one file with 75 layers. It's exactly like his sketchbook. It's just that all yeah. the pages are digital now. And it blows yeah. my mind that he still works that way. <laughs> and most of us, including me, like I'm very guilty of just, it's one layer. It ends up as one drawing. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I nailed it. No, you didn't. You spent 20 yeah. hours and there's like <laughs> 700 drawings on that thing. No, but it's that, it's that onion yeah. skin thing of like old school animation where you're flipping back, sketching over, flipping forward, flipping back, yeah. you know, and you're constantly, and that's why hand-drawn animation has that beautiful warmth to it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's ever so slightly just outside the lines. You know, it's not like this crisp, clean digital thing that's. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like I said earlier, I'm like, I always carry a sketchbook on me. I don't sketch it. I don't sketch stuff anywhere near as much as I want to, but I like having it there so that I can whenever. And I will quite often pick pick it out and quickly like rough out something. Um, we, I mean, we've got the chalkboard, so we quite often do do uh, sketches on oh, the love chalkboard. Love a good chalkboard. Love well. chalkboard. Um, yeah, even to the point where our um, the table in the middle of the workshop has got so many um drawings on it that are done with chalk or sharpie or whatever mm. um and i really love the ones that are done with sharpie because they just stay there forever and they just fade ever so slightly mm -hmm. um and like six months later you can go oh yeah i completely forgot we were going to do that thing and it's it's a really nice like physical record of our thought process um and you can see like where you've done the different lines and all this but like i did i did a um uh, a, a sketch for um, a, a building at mum and dad's place. Um, and I was trying to describe this uh, idea that I'd had about it, but I I couldn't. So I've got the Google Keep app on my phone and that allows you to do like very, very basic drawings. And I've used it a few times because it's easier for me to sketch something out quickly on that, even if it is super rough. Um just to be able to get the idea out and and be able to show people um but this is great because it meant that actually i drew it out and i drew it out in um in a very rough form just like with uh black lines and uh which would have looked exactly the same as if, if i just sketched it out on a bit of paper mm. but i was then able to go beyond that and start putting a little bit of color in here and there and just like very light little shade in the of blue in the window so you could see that they were glass um you know color in the water in a, a dark blue put the um like put some trees in the background and stuff like that just to um flesh it out a little bit so it's not just this um weird line drawing that doesn't really have any relevance it's being able to turn that line drawing into something that's that actually makes sense that shows mm -hmm. the, the the fuller concept um but I think the, the the stuff you were talking about with um, being precious about it, and 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 especially with the, the more um, artistic people saying that perhaps it's uh, it's cheating or whatever, it's mm -hmm. it's no different than you know if um, if someone that's not a blacksmith goes, actually, I really want to make a uh, a bearded axe, getting a, a normal axe and cutting a thing cutting the whole thing out of it and turning that into an axe like and yeah it's it's not proper blacksmithing but they're still getting the result that they want and they're not trying to be a blacksmith they're trying to make a thing and like i think yeah. that's kind of like where 
I come at it from. Like, I'm not trying to be an artist. I'm just trying to express those ideas in a way that I'm able to. I don't want to spend six years studying art to be able to draw a simple sketch of a balloon animal or whatever it is that I want to make at the time. <laughs> balloon animal. <laughs> if you make, if you blacksmith, if you figure out a way to make a forged balloon animal, <laughs> I feel. Yeah, you have to do that now. Was it Colin uh, Furs that did the um, like the yep, the hydro fix. expansion? Yeah, oh, yep. hydro forming, make it happen, yeah. Steve. Uh, sorry, Ab, I'm I'm just googling someone because there's someone that does something very similar that I want to show Brett. Uh, Other search engines are available, and uh, I I thought that I use Bing. Had your hand up for a point, but if if not, I can carry on talking. No, um, Al, go. <laughs> Dalster, go. Um, no, but Steve, just what you're saying then, um, I think I think it is the new, whether it's a tool or something in your arsenal, that newness is what opens you up to being a bit less precious and being a bit more brave. So like um, when Seaside Rick was doing his um, maker tour of the UK um, yeah. road trip thing, and he was teaching people how to use a router, like going around the country and showing people how to use a router. Um, and I kind of never really had any idea what I'd use a router for or why I'd, why I'd use a router. Um, yeah. And he, he very, very kindly left me um, one of his old ones, an old DeWalt one. Um, and it just kind of sat in the box, and I never really knew what to do. You know, he, we, we did a couple of exercises while he was here, and he showed me how to, um, like, route out the picture frame and some beading and stuff you know and it was yeah. like, oh lovely like you get these little beading bits and you can put detailing onto wood it's super simple i used it on the, the the edge of the bar so the bar has like a lovely kind of detail around it and then for me that was then kind of the limit of the router i was like oh it's it's for going in a line and, and putting an edge on things or rounding stuff over yeah let's round fucking the edge of everything everything that's mm-hmm. wood let's round it over um but then coming to this table I'm like fuck! Like it just opened up all these possibilities. So this this thing that was new to me, you know, yeah. previously when I when I construct stuff like wood, like we said, it's butt joints, sand it, job done, paint it if yeah. you're lucky. Um, but the router, all of a sudden, I can I can flatten things. I can create joinery. I can use it. You know, yeah. I haven't got the skills and the saws and the fucking shoulder planes to do all these fancy like mortars and tenons, but I've got a router yeah, and that gives a pretty good fucking straight, clean finish. It gives a perfect 90 degree. So I can go around making all these cuts um, with this thing that's new to me. And it kind of, it, it takes all the pressure off because yeah. it's new. I'm like, Oh, this is exciting. I want to try new stuff. I'm not, uh, I'm not as nervous. I'm not perfectly trying to get the saw out. You know, I've always used a saw, but I've never yeah. mastered it. Whereas something new, I don't know. It's weird. It kind of it makes me feel less nervous. It makes me well. There, there's no pressure. There's no exactly um... because it's new. It's it it, it, yeah. it almost frees you up. Yeah, it's like oh, it doesn't matter if I fuck it up because it's a new thing. So I don't know how. I don't know if I'm yeah, doing exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I'm new. Like this is my first time doing this. But actually, yeah. that 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 kind of in a, in a reverse way makes you less tense less less nervous less uh, you know more less likely to make mistakes and actually yeah. i'm finding this fucking tool is completely changing the way i, I do things 
and and making me more confident and making my finished product way better um yeah because because it's new and because i've got it's 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 almost like opening all these little doors in my head which never yeah. were never opened before yeah because you're you're not like you say you're not thinking oh shit i should be better at this by now yeah, you're exactly. just going as long as i don't break like the tool or myself yeah. i'm happy yeah. like and it, it, it yeah it's it's a very freeing thing i did melt um, the bearing today though on a, yeah. on a, on a route a bit <laughs> Yeah, it get kind of hot and spinny. Yeah, <laughs> it gets um, hot and spinny. What, what friction does? There you go. But uh, so, all right. I, like, I obviously, I, I said I, um, I really want uh, the uh, iPad and stylus. Like, is there are there any tools that um, that you guys want that are a little kind of out of left field that aren't necessarily what people would assume that uh, that you would normally like go for like is there it doesn't necessarily have to be like the next tool you're going to buy mm. but just something that's on your list that's that's a little different like maybe a, a you know a, a kiln or a Ooh. uh I, I can't think of another tool mm. all i'm thinking of is blacksmithing tools because right where my head's at um but yeah are there any any tools that you guys are like really interested in that are a little bit um a little bit weird. Yeah. A little bit weird. A little bit weird. A little bit weird. Things like a kiln. Anything that produces a ton of <laughs> ton of heat but is controllable heat. Um, that is very interesting to me. Not that I'm doing a ton of like heat treating or need heat regulation. But I feel like there's a lot of either casting or... Um, non-ferrous work that I would like to do and most of it seems yeah. to require heat especially regulated heat and I tend to do the work like that like if I'm going to try to approach it right now it has to be done you know with a blowtorch and, and trying to like anneal the brass you know yeah. it's, it's not a huge problem when it's just little screws and bolts and you just need to go and use them as rivets or whatever um but you know, I, I made the silicone mold of that big megalodon tooth, and I I would love to do like some brass castings of that. I think it would look <laughs> super cool if I could yeah. cast it and then just take it over to the buffing wheel and just polish it. Gold <laughs> gold shark tooth seems like it would be very cool. But I think um future tech wise, like I'm I'm long overdue for a, a camera and laptop like both of my main yeah. work pieces of equipment for for youtube stuff are way out of date yeah. for for what society deems um old <laughs> but yeah like my computer's on its last leg and i'm having trouble just pushing it to do build the things one, that i want build one build one build one I've already built one, Al. It's just overdue for new parts. And because I don't have internet or electricity, I'm not investing in that right now. But my, yeah. <laughs> my PC that I built a couple of years ago, Alex, our good friend Alex, um, he made it uh, like kind of future-proof, at least for uh, uh, yeah. the next few years. Like I can toss another graphics card in it and a few more sticks of RAM and like upgrades and things, and that thing's a monster. So I'll get to that when when i've got power i think that's going to be just uh, a given i have to fix that but camera wise camera wise 
if we're going to talk new tech, I want a camera that not only shoots decent high speed or high frame rate, I want to be able to do some slow-mo aspects, but not for the gratuitous slow-mo of, <laughs> of blacksmithing. It's more, I know there is a range outside of what my yeah. camera is capable of doing. And a lot of it has to do with frame rates and speed, mm. but also like, I only have one lens that I use for my camera right now. And there are uh, aspects of cinematography that I would like to explore in the future. Yeah. And they all revolve around, you know, having a the Canon 70 to 200 that's like industry standard, you know, <laughs> it has a ton of range on it. But I have my wide angle that's 16 to 35. But man, Jimmy got like a super cheap, affordable 300 mil lens that just shoots from a fucking mile away and yeah. can key in on this stuff. And there are, there are visuals that you can achieve with a, a very long format lens like that. That Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be difficult to shoot in the ship shop because I'm going to have to put the camera <laughs> like a quarter mile away. But uh, I think a lot of my new tech that I want to get into is just like visualization stuff. Things that yeah. I can create visuals with. I would love an iPad Pro. I really, really would. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I think I could do a lot with that, especially kind of on the fly working in the shop. I, I think yeah. having that, like watching Jimmy work with his, he has such a way of handling a, a piece of kit like that where he can do these drawings really quick because he, he knows how to translate what's in his head. I hate that the program is called Procreate because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who let that slide in terms I of marketing. But I think a digital tablet like that uh, would solve a lot of problems for me. Um, I love having a sketchbook. I did spend enough of my life drawing and sketching that I'm I'm pretty good at it. And we talked about yeah. it in the mother the mother tongue episode where like I can pretty much draw whatever I need to 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 translate what's in my brain. But yeah. oh, golly, like just watching Laura and Jimmy and a few other makers work on these tablets and being yeah. able to do sketchups. God damn it. I want to be able to, yeah. I want to be able to take a photo like Laura's done, <clears throat> take a photo <sighs> of a build and just draw notes on top of it or annotate. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love that she started doing that. And I think, just being able to do like random Instagram posts to share ideas or, or put yeah. stuff on Patreon to go like, Hey guys, here's what I'm working on. And then just draw an arrow to an aspect of the table and go, what do you think of this thing? The fact that I have to like take that into Photoshop now and do all this I, yeah. extra work. Yeah. I'm just trying I, to have a conversation <laughs> and I have to fucking slow down because of aspect yeah. X, Y, and Z. And I, I, that's what I was going to say is like, I love the fact that it's, it's all stuff that yes, you can do it in other ways. You can put it into Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever yeah. and achieve the same result. But the fact that you can just bang done quickly, like, I mean, I think Brett, my kind of attitude at the moment is very similar. I, I also have a very, very old camera. Um, <laughs> I have one nice lens and in fact, no, I've got two nice lenses, but only one that I actually ever use. Um, yeah, but and... you sure you sure know how to use that thing because <laughs> the stuff the stuff on the Forge channel is seriously it's good. Uh, thank you very much. But it, it, I mean, that is like I'm it, for for my knowledge, I am at the limit of what I can do with that equipment. 
Um, so for me, I don't see the like the upgrade of my um, uh, AV stuff as being um, like a new tool that's outside of my yeah. usual remit yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's something that I use all the time. Like that's why I think like the the idea of of the iPad is it would be something completely different to what I currently can and do do. <laughs> do 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 um, do so that's been a while but, no no uh <laughs> but i mean like, like i say like at the moment the the idea of getting an ipad pro is very much just a fantasy because unless apple decide that they want to sponsor a shitty podcast with like 200 listeners um, oh, easy I, what I, I, making it I, <laughs> uh i don't think that uh any of us are gonna be able to afford a brand new well um, just on iPad. that point um i was just thinking like most of the things that are new to me are things that people have given me. Yeah. Um, whether Brett, it's the tablet or the the router that that, that Rich left, um, mm-hmm. or like even like a lathe or fucking welder. Yeah. You know, welder welding was new to me when Pete gave me his old stick welder. Yeah. Um, so I think yes, iPads are expensive, but go back a model, go back two models. I think I think if you go back two two ipad models it still supports the new pen oh cool yeah so i think you could maybe get a really good deal on yeah. something that essentially does exactly what you want it to do yeah with the latest version of procreate and stuff and um, so it's worth looking into i think new doesn't necessarily always have to mean spankers yeah, yeah 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 um there's times when obviously it's fucking really helps um yeah. like my computer build up until this point i've just had old macs that i've bought from work because yeah. being in the industry I'm in, you have the they constantly have to update hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Um so what I tend to do is get them from work and then jam in as much memory or yeah. hard drive as I can. Yeah. Um but they're never new. And and to Brett's point, that that kind of what society deems new in the computing world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm trying I'm trying to edit on a fucking two thousand and nine Mac. Yeah. Um Yes, I can still get in and change the battery, but it struggles. Yeah. Whereas yeah. cameras, I mean, you know, nude, you know, buy some old fucking glass. Oh, mate. You know, so it doesn't need to be fucking ridiculously new. Um, but new to you, um, again, takes you out of that comfort zone. I think yeah. you were just saying, Steve, about um, using the methods that you're used to. Yeah. It, yeah, it might take a bit longer, but this is just what I know. Yeah. Whereas the new one suddenly like, oh, fuck, why was I wasting so much time doing that previously? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's like what that's a, a really nice um, thing about that. It, it links into what you were saying about the um, the the lack of pressure with something mm-hmm. new because you don't know necessarily what um, what the ins and outs. Are. I mean, because we, we were talking um, recently about upgrading um, uh, the camera equipment we use for the forge videos mm-hmm. and al suggested uh hiring stuff in because we've got um some people have basically asked us to uh produce a video for them um as part of a project that we're involved in um and they've just said well we've seen the videos that you do can you do one for us and um and al said like right well if we're going to do this let's make sure we do it really nice like mm-hmm. it, you know is it worth um hiring a camera in yeah. And I kind of said, the thing is, A, it's going to take me a little while to get used to it and <laughs> to figure out how to use it. And I don't want to do that on a project this um, like high up. But also for the price of hiring the equipment that they would have in the hire shop, we could buy secondhand yeah. Yeah. 
stuff that's mm-hmm. still far superior to what we're using at the moment. And I think, like you say, like it's such a good point. Like it, new doesn't have to be spankers. Like I'm, I'm in exactly the same uh, position as you. Like every bit of equipment I've got on my desk, other than this mic stand that falls and that camera that falls with tools paid for, like <laughs> it's, it's all like this one came from work. That monitor came from uh, a friend who's or friends work like my mouse and keyboard are the ones that i got when i was working at just eat that computer is uh one that i liberated from uh wds like it it's all old stuff even the like hard drive caddies that i've got are ones from friends um and there's nothing i don't think there's anything wrong with that and it's a really good way to kind of um like you with the router like getting that opportunity so when it is something that is completely new and that you, you that you want to try, and you know that there's potential that it could completely um, streamline your uh, or change your your productivity and, and what you're doing. Um, but you don't want to necessarily invest the money in something that is spankers. Like, well, yeah, because because otherwise, what I would have done if I was really desperate and I wanted to get into it, I would have only been able to afford a really shit cheap router. Yeah. So I would have got something that would have been subpar. I'd had a bad experience with it. I think someone, I think it was in the Fools of Tours group, or it might have been in uh, I Like to Make Stuff, was asking about hand planes. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I haven't got this much budget, and how much do I want to spend? And I've only got like 50 quid, and like I've, I've had experiences with hand planes before, and they're shit. And it's like, buy a fucking 60, 70-year-old yeah. record hand plane and sharpen it yeah. and for 30 quid yeah, at the most. And you, yeah. you'll be you'll have a beautiful experience. You know, I, it'll be a dream to use. It'll be rock yeah. solid, and it's not, it's new to you, but it's not new new. Yeah, I was going to say like to that point exactly. Like, it's sometimes it's worth spending a lot less on the actual thing. So I was going to say like go to a car boot and pick up a a record plane for a tenner, yeah, and then spend the forty quid on yeah. getting some decent sandpaper, a nice flat surface for you to be able to flatten everything out on and invest some time in getting that, um, that really old bit of kit up to, to spec. I mean, it it doesn't work for everything. Like I can't go like, even if I went out and bought some really old, um, like cine glass for my camera, that's not going to solve all the problems that I have with my camera. Um, I mean, to to Brett's point, like for me, for me now, it's really useful having uh, a camera that I can adjust Shutter yeah. speed when filming, yeah, and also aperture when filming. My previous camera, I couldn't. Yeah. It was just all on yeah. auto, and it just meant that everything was like either blown out or super noisy, really yeah. high ISO. Yeah. Um, whereas now, it wasn't a huge investment, and it wasn't much more of a step up just in terms of technology. But now it means yeah. that I can adjust those things, and it's a fucking game changer. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's, there's. <laughs> There's also an argument that just because um, you know a, a new thing does offers a, uh, a, a another thing you can change or another adjustment or a new feature or whatever, that doesn't always necessarily mean it's better. Um, and to an extent, it's about finding a way to to work with what you've got. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I just re- I really like the idea of um, not always just going. Oh, I want to upgrade and have the latest and greatest thing of you know of this this genre or this style or this whatever like i really want to have the latest 
of this brand's camera and instead going, actually, you know what? I want to try something that's completely different. I want to go off over here and I want to try using, I want to try filming it all on 35 millimeter film <laughs> or I want to film the entire thing using a mini drone or whatever. Um, or saying like, actually, I don't want to uh, forge this hammer out. I'm going to see if I can do it all on a lathe using a forge or chuck. And, you know, like the being able to, take a step back and say, I can invest, uh, you know, more money in getting slight improvements on repeating the same process, or I can take a step back and I can come at it from a completely different angle. I think that's a really important thing. And I think being able to come at things from a different angle is spiffing. Uh, is there an order? Yes, it's sub. Sub, uh, which means I'm going first. Um, I, this week, uh, nothing to do with new tools. Um, it's another blacksmith because I'm predictable. Um, but uh, I think this is a guy that even if you're not into blacksmithing, I think just some of the, the shapes and ideas that he's come up with in his work um, could be a really good inspiration for people from that work in all kinds of medias. Mm. Um, and that is uh, Pete Matilla. Uh, he is an Aussie. Um, Aussie blacksmith. He... Uh, does mostly kind of sculptural architectural sort of stuff um there's the occasional tool and knife and things in there as well but it's mostly kind of sculpture based stuff um and just the the stuff that he's doing it's almost uh it's almost geiger-esque i think um like there's just some really really nice looking stuff it's it's very uh interesting um stuff to look at it, it it's just very pleasing and it's not your run-of-the-mill standard Jagger um... <laughs> is not pleasing <laughs> um, but yeah it, it, yeah it's not your your run-of-the-mill standard kind of cool. here's a traditional fireplace sort of thing it's there's just a bit more to it um and uh yeah i think it's worth uh everyone going in and having a, a look so yeah uh that is pete matilla matilla um cool uh sab which means al you are next so this is more about of a new avenue um mm. or uh, a new way to get across what you're doing um sean everly uh, se woodwork um Lovely gentleman, amazing woodworker. Um, he kind of takes woodworking to a whole new level. His, his inlay work is fantastic. His segmented work is stunning. Um, I'm not going to patronise him by saying that he's young because that's got nothing to do with it. He's just incredibly talented uh, and a lovely guy. Um, and Sean has been selected to appear on a TV show. Um, oh, nice. I guess it's kind of the the woodworking equivalent of Forging Fire. Um cool. It's called The Chop, 
and I think it's going to be on Discovery Channel, um, Britain's Top Woodworker. <laughs> so there's a trailer. Um, it looks very good. Um, I think Lee Max presenting it. I don't know what his um, <laughs> really knowledge or skill is to do with woodworking, but uh, it, look, it looks like a good show. Yes, it'll be the the classic format of kind of vote yeah. someone off every week kind of thing. Um, but I'm really looking forward to to just seeing some great woodworking, but also seeing Sean and and see how he gets on. But um, mm-hmm. it's I think it airs in October, so like mid October. So I'm assuming, assuming it's all filmed and stuff already. So yeah. he, he will, won't be allowed to tell us what happens. Uh, but really looking forward to it. It's called The Chop. Sean's going to be on it. Hopefully he's going to win. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great testament to how hard he works yeah. and his skills. Awesome. Good shout. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. I, did you say what channel it was on? Sorry. I uh, think it's on Discovery. Cool. Okay. I wonder Watch if the they're going to like oil... Yeah. Oil the the wood that they use, and then light it on fire just yeah. for the sake yeah. of TV. Like, oh, we um, want to shishugi bond this. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Brett, what about you? Speaking of lighting things on fire, I segued. Steve, did you like it? It's beautiful. Anyway, okay, so I honestly can't even remember if I've spiffed this gentleman before because I've just been talking about him for the last month or two, I feel like. So pardon if it's a re-spiff, but he deserves it anyway. Max Randolph Studios, right? Or Max Randolph? It's Studios, Studios. Yeah. That's the Instagram, right. So Max Randolph is a artistic, sculptural blacksmith doing all kinds of just mind-bogglingly good work. And I've been following the process of the the marble and stainless steel sculpture that he's been doing. And uh, he's started to do live streams on Instagram where you can just go have a chat with him, sit with him while he drinks his tea and talks to you about everything. Hmm. Not only is he just one of the most fucking delightful humans because he's just got a good vibe and a good attitude but he's insanely talented yesterday he shared his process drawings and some of the sketchup rounds that he was doing with the client and seeing the iterations and like how far he took the drawing to translate the ideas mm. was brilliant because they're not just like winged up doodles they are very finished and very like full concept. Okay, we didn't agree on that one. Here's the aspects we took and and translated into the next iteration of it. And then actually seeing the thing get into final forms with these like crazy polished gem, faceted gems, and these huge swoops of steel that he's creating. Um not only is it is it just crazy inspiring to see what he's capable of doing like by himself with what I what I will what I will say is relatively minimal tooling. Yeah. Like the guy's just doing a ton of work. Uh I obviously love seeing large format stuff getting produced. Um you know, he's he's sharing a lot of knowledge on his live streams. But just being able to see how something from the page translates to finished product is something that I will never not be fascinated by. Watching yeah. somebody do a drawing and then actually seeing that thing realized in three dimensions is 
cathartic or <laughs> or just like heartwarming, whatever you want to call it. But I was really, really happy and, and sent him a message yesterday about just like, oh, I love being able to see the drawings that you did and then being able to see the, the finished product. And yeah, nice. I'm I'm going to cross my fingers, hold my thumbs, whatever uh, cultural iteration you have of holding your breath. I really hope that I can go and visit his shop. He is a he is a a comfortable half day's drive from <laughs> from where I am currently, and I'm trying not to nudge too much uh, given the COVID <laughs> times and all that stuff. But I I really want to go see his shop. And just yeah. be able to take in some knowledge and work. The the guy not yeah. only seems just like a delightful human, but uh, very humble and um, soft spoken about how talented he is. So follow yeah. Max Randolph, especially if you're getting any getting into any type of metal work. Um, I, I was having a chat with Jess about it the other day, but I, I you know I will love pointing people in the direction if they want to want to get into tool making or knives or hammers there's there's people that i will you know point the direction to you know like oh you want to go learn how to make hammers go look at this person when it comes to metalworking though from from my mind and steve you can agree or disagree on this i want people to know that there's more out there to do and that you can make like very creative and artistic forms out of a very hard solid material and and this exploration that's getting done in these very organic forms with a a material that is very non-organic like hmm. max is absolutely the example of what can be done with a lot of elbow grease and and some serious creativity and yeah. a good beard very good beard he has just <laughs> he has the best hair and beard combo <laughs> it's so good yeah it was either I, I, be a blacksmith or a barista. So, <laughs> I, I think I, we definitely talked about him before. Yeah, um, ring, I know. Are, rings an yeah, but he's uh, yeah, he's absolutely fantastic and well deserving of another shout out. Um, like the the stuff that he produces, like Brad said, it's just it's on another level. Mm. Um, uh, Steve, uh, the Chop TV show that Sean's going to be on is on the History Channel. Brilliant. Which cool. makes sense because woodworking's a dead art. Hey, uh, cool, good shout. Uh, have we got any other business? Mm, not from me. No. Okay. Uh, uh, I would say check. Continue checking into the Discord servers and whatnots. Um, I yep. got in there the other day, and I haven't gotten a chance to really peruse, but. I love this aspect of the of the Discord um, pools with tool stuff because they've compartmentalized all the different working groups for metalsmithing and, and woodwork and all that kind of stuff. Um, I I think it'll be a really good platform to not only continue hopefully the the fools the school for fools, but just general like keeping connections open and also knowing that everybody's on different time zones and you can come and comfortably check in throw in you know questions or, or comments into your own little chat rooms and stuff and you can kind of handle it at your own pace we don't have to constantly be worrying about scheduling and having everybody there at all times so mm. dive into the discord stuff if you've never really used these kind of online chats or these server chat things they 
there are a lot of opportunities and options for sharing information and and communicating very effectively. So I'm just going to make another push that anybody that listens to this that wants to get more involved in the the fools community, we've got some very, very smart people and lots to be done in the discord stuff. Yeah. On that note, uh, Steve, did you, did you get a chance to join the uh, D and D night? No, I didn't. God damn it. Me neither. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'll have to make a concerted effort. To get there next time, yes, uh, yeah. No, I um, I had some things that needed dealing with, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, uh, if you are interested in the D and D night, uh, then there is actually a a Discord channel for that as well. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in it, uh, get on the Discord and ask around. And if, like Brett said, like if you've never used Discord before, um. Just sign up to the server, log on, and ask around. The uh, the Fools group and the Makers Magnet group are both very friendly places, and it's kind of a really nice way to get into uh, the whole Discord thing because everyone there is friendly, and they will answer questions. If you get a chance to watch Franco's live stream, which he did, um, of grilling... Uh, this evening, it just ended just before we started cooking. Don't bother because he cooks fucking aubergines. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Bless him. Uh, right. If that's it, uh, we can go into the, the thingies. Um, so if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al wearing a Tyler Bell t-shirt. Not in the hack shack because I can't get in because I'm vanishing wood, so you'll find me in the living room. Exactly. Al's living room! Shack. <laughs> uh, yes, so that is it. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, um, as discussed, we are on Discord, we are on the Facebook, uh, we are on Instagram, uh, we are on the internet. Just use Google or your favourite search engine, like Lycos or whatever it is. Um, yes. Don't, don't go. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Everyone knows AltaVista is the correct search engine to use. Yeah, but you can't say AltaVista without... AltaVista! <laughs> I was going to say in Arnie's voice, but that's even better. Um, now, I, I, yeah, I'm not even going to try and attempt to say it in a combination of you and Arnie, because my voice won't do that. Um Until next time, we love you all. Uh, Make sure you get some sleep because you all need it. Uh, And we'll see you next week. Bye! So fucking tired. Right, go and get some sleep. You go get some sleep. Oh, I've got shit to do.